Hello, welcome to the latest episode of the Baggies broadcast, sponsored by Adoption at Heart. It is season five, episode twenty-seven, um, and it's a sombre one after Saturday. Um, the playoff hopes were all but over. Uh, I think they're now well and truly um, over altogether after Albion were beaten by Stoke. It was dismal. It was disappointing. There's so many negative, descriptive words we could have used to describe Saturday. It wasn't great, and Albion are just slowly moving towards the summer now. As always, I'm joined by my colleague, West Brom correspondent Joe Massey. Joe, just waiting for the summer now, aren't we? How are you, my friend? We are, mate, we are. It's another one of those podcasts, unfortunately. Um, Again, Albion have left us massively, massively deflated. Um, Annoyed, probably, is a fair word. Um, at this stage, uh, and yeah, I think we are. We are all just waiting for the summer now, um, and yeah, to see the back of some of these players. I think it's fair to say. I mean, it's strong. It's a strong way of saying it. But I think I think I, think, I actually think we're at the stage now where I think this point might go under radar a little bit. I think some of the players probably want to go. Um, if I'm honest, I think yeah. I think Bruce probably wants to make changes. I think the club wants to make changes. It wouldn't surprise me if a couple of players were quite fancied. Um, a fresh start somewhere else as well um yeah and we're just sort of ticking the games off aren't we um ticking the games off and waiting for the summer so hopefully this rebuild can take place because it, there is absolutely no doubt in anyone's mind um that that needs to happen on my uh my weekly script that i write down i've just put quick fire takeaways from saturday now i think the takeaways from saturday are just what we all expected West Brom crumbled they disappointed it was a lacklustre display in a way going into that game I think I said to you last week we've got two games this week Bournemouth and Stoke we'll beat Bournemouth and everyone will have their tails up and then they'll go and lose to Stoke and they did it it was almost like um, we could almost foresee what was going to happen on Saturday I know a lot of people did I don't know if you did but it was just it was just dire wasn't it that's just... I've wrote that today, you know, exactly what you just said. I mean, you tweeted it, didn't you? What did you tweet before the Bournemouth game? I don't think I actually I don't think I actually tweeted the second part that they will lose to Stoke. I don't I don't think I did, but I did say it. I remember saying it to a couple of people. Uh, I think I'd said it to yourself. Um it was just predictable, wasn't it? You know, you, you didn't want it to tweeted you didn't... about the beating Bournemouth, didn't you? You definitely beating Bournemouth, that. yeah. Yeah, the well I... beaters today, something like that you put. Yeah, because I put like a little Sean Lock gif after it just to say, yeah, I'm right. I thought it was quite funny. Um but yeah. It was almost predictable. Like I turned up at the Hawthorns on Saturday. As you know, Joe, my emotions go all over the place during a game. But generally I'm always like glass half full. If I'll be the two nil down, I think they can win three two. I'm just that stupid. But even going to the game on Saturday, I was like, we know, we all know what's going to happen. In the back of our head, we don't want it to happen, but we all knew kind of what was going to happen. And that's that's probably the most damning indictment of these players, isn't it? That's that the thing I'd be predict. embarrassed about if I was yeah. these players. I'd be so embarrassed that we're all saying the same thing. Someone's someone's tweeted us, like, I don't know, last, last like, a little quick scroll before we started this. And it's only in the last five minutes. And they've said, how many are we going to lose yeah. by against Blackpool and yeah, how many yeah. we're going to beat Forest by and whether it'll be the same and I don't know to be honest because the honest truth is I've never really questioned these players motivation I think they've struggled for I think they've struggled to handle pressure in the past we've said that multiple times 
Um, I think that's one reason why they put in good performances against Bournemouth and Fulham, because they were the underdogs, because the pressure was off, because nobody expected them to win. I think it was an ego thing as well, if I'm honest. I think like they are the division's heavyweights this season, Fulham and Bournemouth. I mean, fair play to Nottingham Forest. They're right on Bournemouth's tails now, which is remarkable, seeing as though they were bottom of the league when Steve Cooper took over. But, I mean, you expect Bournemouth and Fulham to go up this season. And is it an ego thing with these players? They actually wanted to show that they are... Still top dogs in this division against those two sides? I think it might be, you know. I think but then it, if it's an ego thing, you've surely got to show that you're top dogs against the lesser teams as well as the big teams. Well, that's why I think, for the first time, genuinely, I questioned their motivation on, on Saturday. I thought they were so bad. And I thought... They, 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 we said last week, didn't we? It's not, it's not a derby, it's a rivalry, the Stoke game. But after being so bad against Blues and losing that game... I thought they would have had a little bit more about them. I really did against Stoke. I thought they would have given fans something, uh, tried to give the fans something to, to cheer, and it was it's just al- yeah. awful. awful. It's almost like it's almost like more fool us when we like have watched them bottle games this season and then go to games thinking, "Oh, we'll see a bit more today." You know, you feel like the fool walking away Saturday. If you know there was a little inkling in the back of my head, we might get, we might be able to see something. And you just leave the orphans going, why did I even think like that? Because it's just absolutely, there's just no point. It is, the, the mood around the ground is just, you know, they were booed off at half-time, they were booed off at full-time. It's it's not good and, do you know what I mean? We want to have a positive end to the season. The playoffs are all gone. You know, there's nothing to play for but pride. But I don't even think some of them will play for that, to be honest. I don't think, I struggle to see where the positives are going to be between now and, and Barnsley, at the end of Barnsley on May the 7th. You know, it really, it, it really looked hard. like they were on the beach, yeah. didn't it? Um, yeah. It really looked like they were on the beach, and that's, it's hard to see how that's going to change in the fi- in the final five remaining games. It was just, look, I mean, they're probably right. Like they probably will put in a performance against Nottingham Forest. Um, but like I said, I would be really, really embarrassed. The fact that so many people were predicting that, yeah, we all felt the same. We all, I mean, the fact we all turned up. Your tweet alone, like we're all saying, oh, they'll be world beaters against Bournemouth. They'll probably put in a performance today, blah, 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 blah. And then for it to drop off again so, like, alarmingly. Um, yeah, it's just. We have to make some. We will make some caveats for them. Not that they really deserve it, but we will make some caveats for them. You could do that. Um, <laughs> they actually posted their best running stats of the season against Bournemouth. Um, overall, I think. Virtually every player was um, posted their best running stats, which is pretty yeah. remarkable, really, when you think Valerian Ishmael was our manager at the start of the season. Obviously, the way at the start of the season they did they did press relentlessly when they were allowed to. Um, so it is quite something that they that, that that by and large they covered more ground against Bournemouth than any other side this season. Steve Bruce did say pre-match, um, it was pre-match press conference on the Friday. In an ideal world, he'd make three, four or five changes. He really felt that a lot of those players maybe wouldn't be able to go again um, so soon after posting such high figures um, from a Wednesday to a Saturday. Um, he said he con- afterwards he was asked about that. He again said he contemplated changes, but he didn't really feel like he had the players to make the changes. I mean, if you, he, he, he was particularly talking about central midfield. Um, it was in in the engine room, really, where he would have really liked to have made changes. 
Um, and look, we've got to be honest, look, Dar Shea came on and played central midfield the final sort of 10 minutes or so. Um, it's why Jason Malumbi came into the side. He wanted to freshen it. He wanted some fresh legs in there. And Jason Malumbi was arguably our best player, I'd say, um, with Andy Carroll. I'd say him and Andy Carroll were the only two players really to come out of the game with any credit other than that. No one particularly did very well. Um, Shemi Ajayi was kind of okay, I think. But I think there is that caveat to it. And I think we do have to remember that Bruce is working with a squad built for Valerian Ishmael's 3-4-3. And it, and it is built for that. And okay, we're playing 3-5-2 now, but it's not the biggest change in the world. But it is... It, you do need some more central midfielders. Um and I've got no doubt if Steve Bruce is in charge next season, then central midfield will be a massive area. He looks to looks to strengthen or add numbers in this summer. I mean, I just it it needs it it needs more numbers, and it is absolutely crying out for more flair um, as well. Um, fair play to Stoke; they were organised, they were well drilled. But in Malumbi, Livermore, and Mowat, um Albion didn't have the creativity to break them down. I think we probably saw it most in Mower. Um, just how those three games, two games in three days, affected them. I mean, he was, he's, he's had a very, very indifferent season. He's struggled for months, really. He's been very, very quiet. But he was good against Bournemouth. It was sort of the Alex Mower we sort of thought we were getting in the summer. Um, but he was way off it um, against Stoke. And I think. Um, He's perhaps a prime example of how in an ideal world Bruce would have would have made more changes and now he would definitely have a lot more central midfielders if he was if he'd had a transfer window, which of course he hasn't. You have to remember he arrived just after the transfer window mm. closed. Yeah. Yeah. We're um, well, yeah, at this point we usually go through five talking points from Saturday's game, but you know, there's <laughs> they're all negative and there's there's not an awful lot of them. So a little bit of a different tack this this week. We're just gonna just for the next ten minutes, fifteen minutes, just talk about what you know, what has gone wrong, what can go right, what can change. Um just putting it down to three things, Joe. Um I've put here three things that have gone wrong to put Albion in this complete and utter mess. Now there are probably a lot more than three. Um and I was sort of racking my brains this morning. Um and I think to start with, and you probably one of the first things has to potentially go down to recruitment back in the summer uh, yeah in terms of the, uh, the players that Albion brought in yes Alex Moa had a had a good start to the season didn't he um, obviously you know you've just explained there moments ago about how his forms dropped off a cliff but maybe not enough was done in that window to prepare Albion yes okay they went 10 games unbeaten um, but the wheels significantly fell off after that when Albion you know, as we as we know, under Blair Ishmael, failed to sort of come up with a plan B. Um, but if you look back to that window, it was less than inspiring, and maybe the downfall, even though they had a good start to the season, could have the seeds potentially were sown back then. Yeah, I mean, like, so just for a bit of context, you sent me a script about five minutes before we record, and you said you've got three things that have gone wrong at Albion, and I said to you just before we start, I don't know. What we can say about the three things, I don't know if I can pinpoint three things, um, like three moments in time. What I will say is, I think I get what you're saying completely about the recruitment. I, I'd just go one, I'd go one or two steps before that, um, and say, and this is this is this is going to be a bit savage, but 
Mark Jenkins left Albion um, when he left in the season just before... Well, he left just after the promotion to the Premier League. He left as chief executive. And he was replaced by Zuki, a man, man known as Ken. Um, and he's mid-30s. Mid he's a very, very intelligent man, very well-educated, um, very bright person. Got no doubt that he, in life, will be very, very successful and a very big salary and will yeah do very well for himself in life. But him becoming CEO is no different to you in 15 years' time buying one of the biggest basketball clubs in China and making my son CEO. It is no different to that. It's just no different to that. It was... I don't, I, I don't want... Look, at the end of the day, he's been removed from the post. Um, so that sort of speaks to himself. And I don't want to absolutely batter someone on this podcast, but there is just no way he should have ever been in that job. Um, it was completely wrong. As nice a guy as he is, as intelligent as he is, do you know what? When he's 55, he might be the best CEO in the country. He might be brilliant. But at 35, or whatever age he was when he got that job, was just utterly ridiculous. And I think that then, when you when 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 the people right at the top are in, shouldn't be there, that's when suddenly things like spiral out of control. And then, and then that obviously sort of leads on to the Valerian Ishmael appointment. You have to remember that Luke Dowling interviewed Valerian Ishmael. He didn't give him the job. Now, look, I think everyone listening to this podcast would know that um, would be it's very, very... We, we seriously question Luke Dowling's time at the club um, and the things he did. But he didn't think Valerian Ishmael was the right man for Albion. Now, in hindsight, I do think Valerian Ishmael has... Got an awful, got awful mass potential as a manager. I'm excited to see how he does at Besiktas. See, they won four one the other day. He's got, he's got a shot of being a really top manager, I think, and I think he could go on and be have an excellent career. But he wasn't. It, it hindsight tells us he wasn't the man for Albion at that moment in time, in terms of, and we've said this before, but Albion needed a manager at that moment that knows the championship in terms and just need could could tweak things to get them out they didn't they needed evolution rather than revolution they had a squad coming down from the premier league in theory good players on paper and it needed tweaking and fine tuning so they could go again it didn't need an ishmael revolution which is and it is a revolution like he is pretty much coming close to reinventing the football wheel as close as you possibly can to it. his philosophy is so extreme um and but look, the truth is, Valerian Ishmael would have absolutely wowed at his interview, because imagine I mean this is harsh on Ken, but imagine you're 35 years old, you're put in charge of a massive football club, you've got to make the right decision on who to appoint as manager, and you walk and someone sits opposite you like Valerian Ishmael, who is so clear, who is so believes so intently on what he's about to tell you and his plan couldn't be clearer. Whether you disagree with Blair and Ishmael's plan or not, in his head, he is, it's so clear. Like, he really knows exactly what he wants to do. And we all think it's got flaws, we think it's tactical inflexibility, blah, 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 blah. But Ishmael is clear with how he would, how he would have presented it. He would have turned around and said things like, like he said in press conferences often, I don't need the best, I don't need the most expensive players. I need the players to fit my system. 
And I think when you're 35 years old, you're appointing your first football manager, I think you probably would have been blown away by Valerian Ishmael um, at interview. Understandable in many ways, because like I said, I think Valerian Ishmael is a very exciting young manager and could, could go on and do some really great things. But it wasn't the time. It wasn't, it wasn't the time for him at Albion. It was a time for Chris Wilder. It was a time for Steve Cooper. It was a time for Alex Neal. Um, it could have even been a time for David Wagner, which was the man Dowling was going to appoint once Wilder, the Wilder thing got vetoed by Gouch and Lai. So I think it goes back like... Beyond like the, the season. Yeah, beyond the season. I think it goes back to to that moment when um, when Ken became CEO, really. Um, if you're going to go back to like, I mean, obviously you can go back to the verb, you could say when Lai bought the club or when Dan Ashworth left or whatever. You can, get, you, can, you can pinpoint things at certain times, but you have to, I think we have to remember that as much as everyone wants to go back here, there and everywhere and point to those things like Dan Ashworth leaving or Slavin Bilic did get that club up. They, they were promoted to the Premier League. They did. So that should have been a base point to like, for some sort of, like it should have been, it should have been a platform. It shouldn't have been a, like, you don't need to be chaotic from that point on. Um, so yeah, I think that I think Ken's appointment as CEO. I think the subsequent manager hunt that followed after Dowling had left. Um, I think that's why we're that's why we are where we are. To be honest, that's the big one for me. Yeah, and everything sort of stems from that. Like the Ishmael's recruitment, he completely recruited for his three four three. Um. He only had six. How many, how many months was he in charge of Barnsley? He wasn't. He wasn't vastly experienced at Championship level. No. He also never managed in front of fans in the Championship at Barnsley. He also had five substitutes every week. Like he wasn't because of COVID. He wasn't experienced um, at Championship level. It'd be fascinating to know if he'd do things differently now. What he'd do differently. But for me, that's why. That's the starting point, anyway. Um, yeah. For for a mess, and it is you're right to say a mess because it is an absolute mess. It is a mess. Just a couple of things I jotted down: one from a managerial point of view, one from a player point of view. I think have really put Albion or contributed to Albion being in this position, twelfth, eight points away from the playoffs with five games to go, nothing to play for. I think we've spoke about it loads, so we don't need to go into it in depth. Um, I think Valerian Ishmael failing to have a plan B for so long, you know the what's the saying sort of the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting the same results and that's almost what Ishmael was doing when he was doing when he's sort of I don't know whatever gag and press whatever it's called was you know Valball was found out and then the other thing I think is, is is a player point of view which the players have to take responsibility for which was the amount of times Albion suffered red cards this season their discipline was absolutely shocking it has improved but that cost Albion a fair amount of points this season and cause them to slip down the table. It's not the the one factor. I think it's a contributing factor. Um, but there are there are an awful lot, like you say, the f- the formation that Steve Bruce adopted in the early stages, the four three three didn't work. You know, maybe stuck with the, the the personnel he had too long. But then in hindsight, what personnel did he have to come in? It's an inquest that we could sit here all day probably, and come up with 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 a lot more than three reasons. Um, but just on a couple of other topics, Joe. In terms, of, I'm not going to ask you for three on the on the other two counts. But we've got five games left. If you were in the dugout, what would you 
potentially try or what would you do between now and May the 7th to maybe prepare for next season? Are there any things that Steve Bruce can do between now and the end of the season? So I think there's three... There's three, potentially four things I do, but there's not... I'm not, I'm not so the first one I do is, unfortunately, as much as I absolutely think he's a smashing bloke and been a very, and I think he's a very, very, very good goalkeeper. I think we have to let Sam Johnston go now. Um, he's not going to be with us next season. Of course he isn't. He's going to be in the Premier League where his talent deserves to be. He deserves to push for a place in the England squad, which he needs to be in the Premier League to do that. He's going to leave on a free transfer. Everybody knows that. He's probably going to go to West Ham or Southampton. Um, and that'll be that. So I think with five games to go, I think Alex Palmer has to play. We, we put the story out today that um, Button's going to be offered a new deal. Um, he's in talks with that now. Alex Palmer and him are the only two other goalkeepers at the club. Sing Sam Josh Griffiths is he's actually injured, but he's still a, technically a Lincoln player, so he wouldn't be able to play anyway. Um, but I think... I like Button. I think he's a decent goalkeeper at this level. I'm, I'm more than happy for him to stay. Um, but I think we know we know enough about him. Um, Steve Bruce has said he's sort of played. He's played 160 championship games. Um, he's a very, very, very good safety net for us. He's going. We're going. We're going to be okay with David Button in goal. You would imagine. Um, he might not be the top in the top three or four goalkeepers in the division, but I don't think he'd be far off. To be honest, I think he's perfectly like good enough to play um, in the championship week in week out. But we do kind of know what we'll get for him. So I think Alex Palmer has to get a run. He deserves a run in terms of... He's had to sit in the stands all season, which can't have been easy for him. Like he, The lad has shone in League 2 and League 1. He's used to playing week in, week out and being a key player. So I think he has to get an opportunity now. Um, so that'll be my first thing. I think Dairoche has to play at centre-back. Who for um, is an interesting one. After his horror show on Saturday, you'd say he comes into the centre of the back three. Or well, well, this is another thing you see because I think he needs to play at centre back. Let's just say that. I mean, I would probably go Shemi Ajay and O'Shea for the next couple of games. That's absolutely. I mean, I think Bartley probably deserves to be dropped after his performance against Stoke and Matt Clark. I really, really hope he's now been playing next season. And at this moment in time, I probably think he's our best centre-back. But we don't know if he's going to be there or not. But I think there's a, I think both Albion and Clark would like to, there to be a deal this summer. But it's a long way from being done, I think, in terms of Albion's squad is so top-heavy with centre-backs. It just can't... Centre-backs just isn't a priority um, at this moment in time. The Albion are going to have to get a few out if they want to sign Matt Clark, um, I think, this summer. So it would be a shame to see him come out the team through no fault of his own, but maybe try O'Shea and Ajay in a, in a, in a four. Um, reason why trying a four is because I think we need to try Grady on the left. Um, it's getting... There's an issue with Grady now. Well, obviously, there's been an issue with Grady for a long, long time, but um, he hasn't performed for so long now. And... I asked Steve Bruce about him as a, as a potential number 10 on Friday and he gave a really nice answer. I compared him to Sonny Aluko, who he had at Birmingham and Haaland. So he thought Grady could potentially sort of shine in that role. But my worry, with, I, don't, I, don't, I personally don't think he can. Um, he certainly didn't against Stoke. My worry, my, my worry with Grady is he, 
in in central areas he hasn't got the space to exploit i think he i think he runs into blind alleys i think he gets crowded out um i kind of think that's what happened when he played on the right in ishmael's 343 unfortunately i think he is very much uh a one position sort of player or maybe a one position one role in that position he like i think he is a sort of chalk on your boots winger he can cut inside great he's got because he he's a very very good player so he's got he has got a lot more to his game but i think i do think dean garner is at his best when he's receiving the ball in wide areas isolating his fullback and then he has the talent a to get past them and b to get past them both sides, he can cut in or he can go out. He can go inside. He can go outside. That's what makes him so talented. Because a lot of wingers can only go one way, but I think he can go both ways. But perhaps when he's only on the left, um, um, on the left wing. So I think maybe that's something we've got to start looking at now. We're, like we're because we're gonna the, the squad's gonna have to be overhauled. I think everyone sort of everyone knows that. I think a few people are concerned about how. That will happen with so many players under contracts. The one person who doesn't seem overly concerned is Steve Bruce. He seems to be, whenever he talks about an overhaul, he seems to be very sort of confident that it can be done. Seems confident he can move these players on. He seems confident he can move players on, um, which is interesting. He was asked by Steve Maidley a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about this on the video after the game, whether fans will have to accept that Albion spend more this summer getting rid of players than actually bringing players in in terms of like fees and stuff. And Bruce did sort of say, yeah, that is that is absolutely a possibility. And I think we said in the video, that is something fans are going to have to get their head around. People don't need to... It's difficult in this day and age, but people don't have to worry about fees. Don't... don't people get like so bogged down in, in like transfer fees and how much you spend and this, that and the other. But the truth is, you look at the agent fees from last summer Albion spent Albion only spent Albion didn't sign a player for a fee but they spent four million pounds on agent fees last se- in the season they have so of course they got DK for a fee but like that's a hell of a lot of money like it doesn't really matter does it it doesn't, it doesn't matter how the money comes out but it doesn't matter if you pay two million pounds for a player and it's, it, and it, you got money coming on agents it's, that's, it's all money coming out of your club at the end of the day and, that, and that's what transfers cost it's not just the actual transfer fee, like we're all getting to the stage where we're getting a little bit too bogged down in that, I think. Um, and I think if we can, the inter- the, there's a couple of players, a fair few players who um, are out of contract in 12 months' time. Um, Carl Bartley's one of them, Kenza Hall's one of them, I think Livermore's one of them, or um, I can't remember off the top of my head. Well, Shea's one of them, but obviously he's in talks about a new deal. But maybe a couple of those players we need to look at and maybe say, we can pay you off. We'll pay you off. One year's salary. Here you go. Maybe come to some, see if a deal can be done and let them go. Let them go and freeze. Or if you can get a, get a fee for them or whatever, just 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 let them go. Because I think I think the, the, the refresh just so badly needs to happen. <laughs> Um, and McGrady, just sorry, going back to Grady, I'm going off on random tangents here. It's getting to the feeling now where Nasty rant. It's not right, but it's getting. We <laughs> we need to see something from him, and it's been so long now that we have to. I think we have to try him in his best position, and I think we have to see if if he stays next season or if it's best for all parties whether he moves on. Because I'm starting to wonder now whether it is just best 
for all parties for him to go. Um, is 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 he happy here? I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not. This is not based on anything I've heard. Um, but we see it all the time in football. Sometimes you, moves don't work out. Sometimes you just need a fresh start. And I'm starting to fear that maybe that's what Dean Garner needs. We'll never doubt his talent. Um, but we are doubting if he's ever going to do it for Albion. And so I think there are, there are a couple of things I'd like to say. The only other one which is slightly debatable, but is I'd like I wouldn't mind only because Bruce has name checked him a few times. I wouldn't mind seeing um, Ethan Ingram maybe get a look in at right back. Yeah. Well, it was interesting that um, Taylor Garner Hickman played wing back on Saturday. Bruce said he wanted a bit more attacking threat down the right hand side. Um, can't so he thinks he hasn't got enough maybe from Furlong. I know Bruce likes Ingram, um, and he sort of said before that he thinks he's a player of a bright future. Whether he's ready now, I'm just not sure. Um, is there anything to lose though, Joe, by having a look at him? Yeah, I think there is something to lose. Yeah, I think there is. A, I think there is something to lose. I think like if if he's not good enough, then then it's not fair on him. Um, but if you threw if him he's in, not say, ready. if you threw him in, say for I don't know, say you threw him in on Friday against Blackpool, a team that are down the bottom. If he does okay, great, he's got potential potential for next season. If he looks a bit out of depth, is that a case of Bruce going right? He's got potential. He's not ready yet. Let's send him out on loan in the summer. Yeah, no, you. I see what you're saying, but you got to remember that Bruce watches these players every single day in training. Like it, it's not just, it's not just in a game where he learns that about them. Like he, no. he will know. Like he, like it's, he will know by what he's doing in training every single day whether Ingram's or anyone else has got a shot at being ready, or whether they're like still like way off it. I think like. I'm slightly scarred because I went to that Nottingham Forest game. Uh, you see it all the time now. Like we talk, me and you joke about it a lot. Where's Reyes Cleary? Where's Reyes Cleary? Blah blah blah. And the an- yeah, the answer is not the amount of tweets you see. Stick the kids in, throw the kids in. Do this. It's not the answer to stick all the kids in. Um, but but yeah, I think at this point in the season, you do have to ask a question: Can a, the odd one or two be chucked in at some point between now and the end of the season? Yeah, and I think the answer might be no, but. I think it's valid to ask the question. The interesting thing we've also we've got to remember is that Steve Bruce is is playing for his future Bruce, as well. Yeah. He's he's happy to he's happy to admit that. Like he's been asked multiple times now about his future, and he says we're all playing for our futures. Like he he knows there's, there's no guarantees he's going to be Albion manager next season as we as we sit here today. So, and that is sort of in one way that sort of holds him back from making plans for next season because if he wants to have a look at Ethan Ingram but we lose one like it feels a bit like at the moment in time Bruce's future especially on social media it swings from game to game just like yeah. Albion's performance levels like after Bournemouth everyone's happy for him to stay after Stoke everyone wants him gone you could also say in my emotions in an Albion game as well yeah well you change every 10 minutes don't you bless you <laughs> uh, but, and, uh, so he has to have he has to have that sort of he has to get results though, doesn't he? There's part of him that still has to get results because he's not got a free hit. He's not got a five-game free hit now. Unless the club come out and publicly back him, which he probably needs to win one more game and they need to do it after that yeah. um, because then there'll be a bit more positivity about. But yeah, it's, it's a bit... Like, even that situation is a bit of a mess. But I think 
I think in terms of Ingram, that's he's too big a gamble while Bruce's future is unresolved, probably. Um, but I think he has to. Yeah, he, he probably he has to bring out Johnston now because we've got two goalkeepers there who who should be good enough to play at this level. They might not. There might be the odd wonder save Johnson would make that they wouldn't make, but the law of averages would suggest that it's not going to make too much of a difference playing one of or Palmer or Button in, in the next five games. I think O'Shea deserves a run, to be fair. I mean, like, O'Shea has to play anyway, I think, now. I mean, um, some people have to be dropped for that Stoke performance. Um, and, yeah, then, look, Bruce wants to play 4-3-3 in an ideal world. That is his formation. Um, so I think... Grady. We're only asking, like, I think there's Grady on the left... We need him to sparkle, really. We need to see he can sparkle for us next season, because otherwise, I think I'd probably send him out on loan. I really, I would. Yeah. Yeah. I have got another scenario for Joe, but we're knocking on for time, and we've got loads to chat about, so I'll keep that one till next week. Um, but yeah, interesting to get your thoughts, Joe. Just on a, a while that news things, really. We've covered a couple of these already, um, so I'll rattle through them. Obviously, the goalkeeping battle, what should we do with Johnston? Uh, Joe Friday, Remain Sawyers. Um, I know, um, I think um, one of the other reporters asked a question a while ago when I was at a press conference Hello. and you were, you were off on holiday. Um, hello? He, hello? I lost you then, mate. You went completely silent. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. You can hear me now. You're going to say another uh, reporter asked a question. Yes, one of, the other, one of the other guys in the Albion press pack asked a question. It was a while ago. It was when you were on holiday and I was at the, the training ground about Sawyers and Bruce didn't know really, really know what to say. He said, you know, obviously he's out on loan, so it's something for another day. But um, your story in the Express and Star on Saturday caused up a bit of a bit of discussion with the Albion fans that Bruce is planning talks to remain Sawyers. They've got a one-year option, I think, um, was the story on his contract. Uh, it sounds like Bruce is keen to potentially look at, at trying to keep Sawyers next season, Joe. Yeah, it sounds like it. That was sort of the hint he gave. And um, yeah, it's like, it's the ideal opportunity to ask him, really, with obviously Stoke playing at the weekend. And um, it's funny because Reading tried to get Tom Ince to play against Stoke in the game before. They they wrote to them asking for permission uh, and if they'd let Tom Ince play. And Stoke obviously said no. So I just asked Steve Bruce if, if um, Stoke had tried the same to let Sawyers play. But he said even if they had, there's no way in a million years he'd have let him play. But... Yeah, he spoke very, very, um, it was very complimentary about Romain. And I think it comes down to this midfield, these midfield numbers again. Numbers is a bit, I'm being a bit, not being really fair there to Romain because he's more than a number, but he is a number. We do need numbers in there. I think Bruce would, that would be the big area. Bruce would want extra numbers. And also he is the type of, he is completely different to what we've got. I mean, he can spot a pass. I mean, his pass completion rate when we went up last time was at 90% from central midfield, which is absolutely remarkable. Only player in a division to do it. So only midfielder in a division to do it, sorry. A few centre-backs had it, but they just passed sideways, didn't they? Um, so he was... He's, I think he's a really, really intriguing option for Bruce. A really, really intriguing one. Um, I'm starting to think the overhaul isn't as like... Everyone's panicking about the overhaul. But I don't think it's as bad as... I'm sort of starting to come round to Steve Bruce's way of thinking. Because I think... Johnston will go. Johnson will go. Um, so there's one one out the door in terms of... We're going to have to get one out, one in, I think, in terms of wages. Um, although Johnston will be a high earner. So potentially you could get two players. Um, 
with Johnston salary. Yeah. I think I think there might be a bit of interest in Carl Bartley. I've said before. I think if anyone, if if I, I don't if, know if, if if they watch Saturday's performance, if they watch Saturday's performance, I'm not performance, sure no. about that. But I think he is a very consistent, normally a very consistent, steady sort of six, seven out of ten defender, centre back every week. I think you might get a bit of interest there. To be honest, I don't think it would be the biggest shock in the world. I think we've got to try and get Kenza Hall paid off, um, so in whatever way you can. Um, then you're looking at. Somewhere trying to do something else, I think. Um, trying to get another one. Wheeling and dealing, I think, well, was the phrase that Bruce used in his... Wheeling and dealing. Like, like, say Matt Clark doesn't come back. We hope he does. But there's a loan space um, that you can fill. If, say, Dean Garner was to leave on loan, maybe. Then there's another space. It, that, Albion are only going to sign sort of four, five, six players this summer. Say six, maybe, I think. Um, but I think there is... Room to manoeuvre. I think you, I think you, if it's one in one out, which is what we expect it to be, I think you can. It wouldn't surprise me. Like, I mean, I, I like him. I do. I, I think he's got Alex Mowat, but I think he's another one who could potentially have interest. I think there'll be. I think there'll be managers up and down the country who think well, we can get him back to what he was for Barnsley. Um. I think there's potential there. I, don't, I, don't, I think there is players you can probably move on. Um, if you really, I mean, if you're absolutely really working to do it, which is what Albion undoubtedly are. Yeah. Um, then I, I don't. It feel it feels tough, and it will be tough because of all the players that are on long-term contracts. Um, but I think, I think maybe it's not. Good. I think it's. I think it is. Um, the more I speak to Steve Bruce, the more I think it is actually doable. Sorry, I just keep talking about the overhaul, but that is the only thing that matters. Uh, just a couple of other other points. Uh, Andy Carroll scored on on Wednesday, well, last Wednesday. Um, said after that he'd be keen to stay at Albion. Uh, just briefly, Joe, would you would you offer Andy Carroll a new deal? Yeah, straight away, no problem, no brainer, get him in. Yeah, and I think it's more even if he only played a handful of games next season, probably more that what he could potentially bring off the field as well as on it. You've got Daryl DK coming back. And having someone with Carroll's experience in a squad with him could be invaluable to DK. Yeah, I, I mean, I like him. I just like him. I like his attitude. I like his. I think he's unbelievable in the air. His touch is good. He scraps. He wins free kicks. Everything about him's top draw. He's, he's got a Premier League brain. Um, and we'll come on to that later because someone's asked a question about that. Yeah, yeah, I saw we that. Can, yeah, uh, we can uh, we can answer um, in this question. <laughs> Even though the mood is pretty low at the Hawthorns, um, congratulations to Steve Bruce. Was nominated for Manager of the Month last week. I don't think anyone really expected that, despite Albion going unbeaten in four. He howled, um, by the way, when he was asked about that at the press conference. He thought that he? was utterly hilarious, and he said, "There is no way in a million years he should be winning it." Um, yeah, you know, the type of things you don't normally write, but it was, it was. It, I mean, it, to be fair, Albion beat they won two and drew two that month. Um, but yeah, he, he did find that hilarious. Um, yeah. The uh, the the the, uh, the nominations panel obviously didn't watch Albion in that month, um, but yeah, congratulations to Bruce. <laughs> well, obviously, didn't, obviously didn't win it, but um, but yeah, brief mention of that. We've spoken about Daro Shea, um, so just a couple of other points. Um, fan of the week is 
gone. We've had like two nominations in four weeks, so I'm going to park that. Oh, it's a bad idea from you, isn't it? That's not off the ground. You're trying to come up with new things. I know, but... I'm trying, mate. I'd, come on, Baggies fans. No, you've got to come up with better ideas, mate. You've got to, enga- well, you got to get people that. engaged. I've got a lot, I had a lot of interest in this one, though. We've, we, we've come up with a, a Baggies broadcast brain teaser. I'm going to fire out once a week. A few, uh, a few clues. See if you can guess who this former Albion player is. Um, so I'm going to ask you for a wild guess at the end of this, Joe. Um, so the guesses are: I've got over 40 national caps. I've been promoted to the Premier League. I've lost in a playoff final. I've played alongside Alexis Sanchez. I've been a teammate of Ryan Donk, Hal Robson, Carney, Simon Cox, and Scott Carson, but not while I was at West Brom. And on two occasions in my career, I've scored 20 goals plus in a season. I don't know if you've seen the answer from a few replies on Twitter, Joe. No, I haven't, mate. I've got absolutely no idea. I think that's ridiculously hard. I thought it was as well. That took me a good 20 minutes. But someone came back within about 10 who must have done a frantic Google. If they haven't, fair play. Off the top of your head, that's a hell of an answer. But the answer is current Burnley forward Mate Vidra. Um, and the winner of this week's is Albion Analytics, who got back pretty quickly. I haven't got a prize for you, Albion Analytics. So where did Vidra uh, play with Sanchez? Played with Sanchez at Udinese. Wow. Udinese. Yeah, strange. Um, I remember Sanchez yeah. at Udinese. Yeah. But that's, your, that's this week's Baggies Brain Teaser. There'll be no prize for the rest of the season, but maybe next season we'll come up with something in the summer. Like Joe says, I've got to come up with better ideas. So I'll try and come up with something in the summer. Um, but I'll fire another one out this week. A little bit of fun for, uh, for the podcast on the running. A little bit of a nice, light-hearted moment in the the dull album <laughs> chat um, but uh, before, yeah, as well before we get on to questions um, I mentioned this to Joe as well on Saturday I, I had who did we play well we played obviously played Bournemouth on Wednesday I had pound fifty four in my Skybet account and I tweeted out to Albion fans saying first person to get back with a first goal score a correct score I'll put it on someone did and I thought I'd do it again on Saturday so from next season I'm going to do it once a week pound every week first person to get back and then all the if we do have any winnings which hopefully we do. Then at the end of next season, we'll donate them to charity. We'll we'll, we'll come up with a with a charity or something. Um, but yeah, that's a, an idea we're going to do for for next season potentially in the running as well. Uh, just finally, Joe. I think as, I like on, I like your engagement. I like I like that you're like, but you're effectively like putting the blame on the listener if we don't win. Well, I think you should. Do, how about? We do. I think we well, should. It's do. my money. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm the one losing a quid. Yeah, no. Or forty-six quid. Well, however many games there well, are. Well, that's the thing. Like, I think if you, it was your predictions, you would lose forty-six quid. I want to see how good your predictions You're are. Trying to say like. my predictions are terrible. Yes. <laughs> Mate, you predict different things every ten minutes. I'm gonna. Um, we'll do a. I'll do a pound a week as well. Or we'll do it every charity. other week. We'll work something out anyway. But we'll we'll try yeah. between us. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do we'll one do listener, something. one draw. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. But um, let's see. Got... Let's see who knows more. Let's see who gets more right. The listeners or Johnny Jewelry. And you as well. <laughs> we'll we're a team. We're a team. Don't throw me under the bus. We're a team here. Yeah, I'll be on your team. You'll be on my team. Um, just finally before we get on to questions um, as Bags fans will know we, we've been planning to have guests on in the summer we had our first one it's the episode's not out till May but we had a we sat down with Hal robson Carnu on uh, Friday Joe um, you you thoroughly enjoyed it you were like a little fanboy weren't you 
bit, bit disappointed as to how much fanboy I was, um, if I'm honest. <laughs> um, I was. I mean, the truth is, I won't be like that for anyone else. I just love Hal Robson, can't they? Which people listening to this podcast know. Um, yeah. So yeah, I was a bit. I was a bit. Oh, hey, Jackie. Oh, it's so nice to see you. Um, it, was, it was a bit like that. Um, you actually did that as well. I did. Um, and I <laughs> stand gonna, by it. I'm going to clip that. I'm going to clip that from this recording and put it on the the Hal Robson Carney recording, so it looks like that. So yeah. I do think if he stayed, we would be in the playoffs this year. Um, yeah. But there we go. Um, there I we go. Say I love HRK. Are you keeping Not... our next one a secret? We're actually recording it tomorrow, aren't we? Yeah, we'll keep it a secret. Looking forward to that one, though. That's going to be interesting to get uh, get some thoughts on a former baggy who's now elsewhere in a championship. That's the only clue you're getting. Um, yeah. We might put a video, a little clip out like we've done with Hal Robson Carney um, later this Can week. Give another clue. Go on, then. We'll say it's a baggy's academy graduate who is now playing in the championship for a team above Albion in the table. I think people will probably get it from You me. might as well just bloody say who well, it let's is. Say, no, let's see, let's see. There'll be others out there. Do you think? Maybe we have given it away. You just give all the clues away there, haven't you? Never mind. I still have a guess. Um, <laughs> Do you think I've given it away? Yeah. I can't think of any other academy graduates, apart from this one, that are playing above, oh, right, the, okay. above Albion. I'm it away. Still have a guess. Just <laughs> Never mind, never mind. Thinking of adoption? We have all the information you need at Adoption at Heart, your regional adoption agency for the Black Country. Adoption at Heart provides adoption services for City of Wolverhampton Council, Walsall Council, Dudley Metropolitan Borough Council and Sandwell Children's Trust and is encouraging those who are considering adoption to come forward and take the next step. The Black Country Agency is appealing for adopters who can give our children lots of individual time, understanding and ongoing support and are looking to recruit adopters from within a diverse section of the community irrespective of gender, sexual orientation, disability, race or faith. To start your adoption journey or to find out more, why not book onto the next virtual information event? Visit adoptionatheart.org.uk to see the next available dates and to book your place or, alternatively, you can call 01902 553818. Being an adoptive parent can be challenging, but it also brings great rewards. If you're interested in finding out more, please contact Adoption at Heart today by visiting adoptionatheart.org.uk. Right, uh, let's get on to questions. We've got plenty of them. Um, we've answered a lot of them. A lot of them, are, again, about Johnson. Um, Johnston, the goalkeeping situation. Um, little bits and bobs. Let's have a look. Uh, Luke Stanley. This is the one that we were talking about with Andy Carroll. Um, and we actually talked about this, didn't we, Joe, in the press box on Saturday. Why? When we have the best header of the ball in the championship, do none of our attacking players ever gamble on winning the flick on? Is it a case of they can't be bothered? From my point of view, Andy Carroll is five yards behind everyone else in terms of pace, but he's about ten yards quicker than everyone else in his brain. And that's probably why no one can read his flick-ons or, or get on the end of his end of his very good aerial ability. I agree. Um, I think there's two factors for me. One... Maybe three factors. One, he is so good in the air. You just don't even... Sometimes you just don't think he's going to win it, and he does. So maybe it catches people by surprise. Two, yeah, he's got a Premier League brain where I think others around him have maybe got championship brains. Um, and three, I'm still not sure Carlin Grant and Callum Robinson are actually strikers, um, which is... 
Steve Bruce has said they are. Um, I'm just not convinced. I'm just not convinced. I think they're both at their best off the left. Um, I think they can they can occasionally play as strikers. I think they've shown they can can be effective in that role at times. But I, if I'm honest, don't believe they've got the all-round game of centre-forwards. I think this, certainly when it comes to hold-up play, um, sometimes I think the ball comes back far, far, far too easily. Um, and that's why I'm just not convinced. I'm just, I'm just not convinced. And it's, it's starting to... This isn't another thing. I, I like Callum Robinson. I like Carlin Grant. I like Greg Dean Garner as players. I do. I think they've all got potential. Um, and it's getting to the stage now where we have to talk about their potential, I think, because that none, none of them have been amazing this season. Although Carlin, I mean, God knows where we'd be without him, without his goals. It doesn't even bear thinking about. Um, but I, I do think they're all left-wingers. And for that reason, probably we need to try and offload one. You can't go into a season with three left. Look, I mean, I suppose we can rotate them up front, but yeah, they're my three reasons anyway why I think sometimes Carol flicks a ball on and it goes to absolutely nobody. Positional understanding and the fact that they're not actually on his wavelength, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, good question, that is. Um, next question, all Albion fans. Um, do you know what the financial differences are for each place in the championship, finishing 8th over 12th, for example. We know in the Premier League it makes a significant financial difference um, in terms of positions. Is that the case in the championship, Joe, or is it? I think I'm looked, to be honest. I can look into it. Um, I think, is it a million pounds per position in the Prem? It's about a million pounds, I think. But I don't know the championship. I'll look into it. It'll be worth, it's more than worth, it's definitely worth looking into it, so I will look into that. There you go. Joe's going to look into that. We'll hold you to that, Joe. Um... Richard Downing, do you fear Albion could become another Sunderland or Sheffield Wednesday? There is nothing to suggest at the club that couldn't happen. Personally, I don't think so. Um, what do you think, Joe? Um, so I don't think so. But, so I said on this podcast a long time ago, I think, I think it was to you though, I think it was before, um, I think it was after Luke left. My fear for Albion is that they become basically become Blackburn Road. It might have been when Luke was here, actually, because I basically said my fear for Albion is that they become Blackburn Rovers, and then Blackburn went on an absolutely hell of a run, and all of a sudden were competing for automatic promotion. But what I mean by that is they're just a tired... Not They're a bit tired. Like They have to sell the best players every year. They're sort of very much, for me a regimented championship side they're not going to go up they're not going to go down um, Like I sort of feel the same about Middlesbrough although Middlesbrough might have got it right now with Chris Wilder um, just a Stoke like just I don't really like for me like I've been finished fourth haven't they the lowest they've ever finished over the past 20 years is fourth in the championship in this division they're a big hitter and I don't want them to lose that status. That was that's always been my fear because I think very quickly you can become very very average, and you can become a side like Middlesbrough, like Stoke, who, if on the first day of the season you magically pressed fast forward to the end of it, 
no one would be surprised if you finished sixth or fourteenth. Like you just would just look at the table and go, all right, so that that that's how it finished. Like I just that was my fear because I think it's so easy to do. Um, I think it's very Stoke have been in the league for four years. Stoke are a big club, like the as big as Albion really in terms of fan base, in terms of the ground they've got, in terms of the money they've spent. They can't get out of this league, can they? They just can't get out of it. And they've had some good players over the last like four years. They've got some good players now, and they're probably going to finish in the bottom half. Mm. So that's always been my fear. I that that was sort of my doomsday. That was for Albion becoming run of the mill championship. Now I'm slightly concerned it could get worse. Uh, I'm concerned it could get worse for two reasons. One, because I said we'd never drop out of the top six this season. And I thoroughly, thoroughly believe that. And you say that I come up with bad predictions. Well, I just think it's a wake-up call, mate. Like, <laughs> I'm holding you to that. Do you know when like, you don't see... Like, I, I, like, I genuinely was... and you can People know in I rea- said this. Like, in reality, no one saw it coming, did they? No, I just not did not see it coming. Like, I thought, I thought absolute worst-case scenario this year, we'd finish sixth. And there was people messaging us, in, messaging us saying... We're going to be out of the playoffs in a couple of weeks. And I was on this podcast and I was saying, we're not. Like, it's not going to get that bad. It's not going to get that bad. And my God, it got even worse than what they were saying. Like, it, I mean, it was just, I just didn't see it coming. And so I don't want to I don't want to sit here and say they can't do this or they can't do that anymore. Because Just because I don't see them doing that. The truth is, I really don't think they will. I really, really don't. I do think worst case scenario is probably becoming a stoke. But look at the clubs that have been down there. Sunderland, massive club. Leeds, massive club. Those lot down the road, horrible club. But like, like <laughs> but like, they're a big club, aren't they? Like, yeah. And you think, oh no, like it's not going to happen. Let's not even think about it. It's not. I don't think it will happen. But don't want to hear another question like that again, Richard. You're allowed to be. I think you're allowed to be concerned, personally. Yeah, you are right. And jokes aside. Um, few others. Um, Siraj Chohan, um, is it really a pressure thing? As there was no pressure on them versus Stoke, but they still put in that performance. I think you're right. I think you're right. I don't think it is a pressure thing. I think it partly sometimes is, but I don't think it solely is. Like you said, it's probably not much more to say on this, but you said it's a mentality thing, isn't it? A motivation thing. Uh, I think, yeah. I think it has been a pressure thing. I do think it has been a pressure thing. But I'm but my, that performance against Stoke makes me feel like that's past tense. And, um, yeah, and that now, that I, 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 thought, I thought Stoke was a mentality thing. I thought it was a motivational thing. I th- unfortunately, I do think a lot of it was the Bournemouth thing. I do think a lot, they left too much, not too much out there, because you can never leave too much out there, but I think a lot of them didn't recover. Um... I think there is a little bit of science behind why they played so badly. Um, but I think it was combined with motivation, if I'm honest, and that's why it was so poor. And it really was poor. Um, I mean, they didn't create anything for 70 minutes. And the goal they did score came from a Sam Johnston long kick forward. I mean, it, it, there, was nothing good, there was nothing good about it, really. Um, another one we've we've touched on a little bit of this but this is a, a different type of question Chris Baines 
As kids, um, sorry, as people keep calling for us to give the kids a chance, everyone is talking about Reyes Cleary. But my question is, do you think Callum Morton could come back in and do a job next season? He's out on loan, obviously, again at the moment. Yeah, I like. I like. I thought I've always sort of kept up to date with Callum Morton's progress, and I haven't really seen how well he's done at Peterborough. I think he's been injured. Um, but, but he's made them steps now, hasn't he? He's on loan in the Championship now. He's been on loan in League Two, League One. Twenty-two really well. years old, bless him. Oh, he's played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games for Peterborough. He has got a bit of Championship experience. Three game, three starts, four sub appearances. Not scored. Um, potentially, potentially. Um, yeah, yeah, potentially. I mean, look, I've got no doubt in my mind he's more ready than Reyes Cleary. Got no doubt in my mind about that. He's. Uh, 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 I think the Reyes Cleary thing. One uh, thing on another on, on another topic, Joe. It's interesting. I've thought about this a couple of times. Yeah, Cleary's quite young. You're probably going to see him go out on loan at some point. Um, with the likes of Tulloch and people like that, is there a case for Albion sending more players out on loan because next season? Because there's not an awful lot of players that are out on loan at the moment. Griffiths and Morton are two that I can think of. Um, I know a lot of clubs you've probably got. The clubs of Albion's ilk, you've probably got four or five young guys out on loan. Is that something you'd like to see more of? It's a strange one, actually, because we sat down with Richard Stevens a long time ago, and it was a long time ago. I think it might have been after the promotion to the Premier League. Um, but that was the last time we've had a sort of a sit-down with him. And he said getting players out on loan was very, very important for him um, because the standard is just so different. Like, I mean, it's just it's just so different um, there's no comparison between League One say and under 23's football it's just it's just miles miles better standard League One is miles better um, so yeah it's a bit surprising actually that so few players have gone out on loan um, it's one to ask definitely yeah a couple more um, pressure's on with this one Joe okay uh, happy B79 um, due to a change in family caring responsibilities from next season, I reckon I can get to enough games to justify a season ticket. Please give me three positive reasons to get motivated to take the plunge. Oh, wow. <laughs> um. okay, this is hard. Well, I don't know what to say, really. I mean, like you, like I, I mean, I would, I would, uh, and look, if I was you, I'd take the plunge. There's no, like, if um, I think the day I leave this job will be the next day I'll go to the Hawthorns and buy a season ticket. So I think, look, there's highs and lows, isn't there? But I think, hey, uh, if you can go, if you can, and if you can, if you will get to most games, I think you should get a season ticket, mate. To be honest, that would be that. That, that would be my advice to anyone, really, um, if you can afford it. And I think. I'd like to think, look, as we sit in now, what can I say? Like, there's so much up in the air. I think Steve Bruce will be manager next season, but I can't say for certain. I'm not sure which players are going to be there, to be honest. Like, I don't, I can't, I wish I knew all the answers to that. But let's say Steve Bruce is there, and I think he will be. I really do trust Steve Bruce to sign some good players. Like, I, I think he will sign some good players, and I think he'll identify... The areas where this team is struggling, I think it'll definitely add more flair to it. I think Albion will be a lot more pleasing on the eye next season. Um, 
I think there will be a summer change. I really do think there'll be a summer change at the club. Um, I think the, the, the team is going to look very different next season. That's my opinion. I'd want to see that if I was you. I certainly want to see it. Um, so I would go. But at the same time, they're expensive. We're all spending an absolute fortune on petrol and gas and electric and everything else. So, yeah, you've got to think about these things, I think. But I would, ha- I would have one. I hope that answers your question. Um, just finally, we've well, we've had loads of questions about Steve Bruce's future, you know, the break clauses, and all this. We've we, we've talked about the fact that he's playing. He, you know, he's openly admitted he's playing for his his job at the moment. Um, so, just one final question, really good question as well. To be fair, Liam Dunn, I've asked it on my timeline already, but who genuinely deserves to be called Player of the Season? Uh, Very good question, Liam Dunn. I've got one in my head. I'm going to give you the answer, and I'm not sitting on the fence, but I'm going to give you the same answer that Steve Bruce gave. Yeah, I've got the same one in my head as well, yeah. Uh, That's the only one I can think of. He's coming out with any credit. And the, credit. And the irony is we're leaving him out for the last five games. Oh, no, maybe not then. Oh, who have you gone for? Who have you gone for? Matt Clark. Yeah, Matt Clark. Mm. But I do think we need to start planning for the future, so. Yeah. If there was a... I'm just not sure what the like the percentage is that he's going to be there next season. Yeah. But Matt Clark is probably my player of the season, yeah. Can't think of anyone else who... No, there's no one else, is there? Young player will go to Taylor Gunn Hickman, won't it? Um, yeah. It's probably going to be the shape for player of the season as well, to be honest. Um, <laughs> Even though he's only played however many games. I thought he struggled on Saturday. He did, yeah. He did. Um... um there's no one else. Yeah, Matt Clark is playing here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there we go. It. God, that's depressing, isn't it? Not cheers a lot for Matt Clark, but just the fact that we can't even rival him. <laughs> cheers for your questions. Plenty of good ones. As we said, we've covered most of them anyway in the earlier chat. Uh, just finally, we've got a double header to. I don't know. I don't know whether we're looking forward to it. Um, we've got Blackpool home on, fr- on Friday afternoon, then Nottingham Forest, annoyingly at 8 o'clock on Monday, which has been moved for TV. Um, we had a good question, didn't we? How many are we going to lose by against Blackpool and then beat Nottingham Forest by? But but Joe, it's hard to know what to say. Just just on the whole for the running, is there anything you're looking forward to in the final five games of the season? To be honest, I'm only looking forward to it um, if there's changes. I think we're all looking, everyone's got, like you say, one eye on next season. We've all got one and a half eyes on next season. The only reason why we've got half an eye on this season is because it's literally in front of us. Um, we don't have any choice. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't say any other than that. I think, uh, in a way, like I'm not as, as, as angry as I was after Blues and Stoke and as disappointed as I was and how frustrated we are now. I think in a way it's natural positive there's a positive in in the fact that we've been so poor at times the last couple of months and that is that there should be no doubt now what we didn't need was Albion winning six of the last eight games finishing seventh one point outside the playoffs and everyone saying oh actually these are good players 
let's go again with them next year because we need an overhaul. So I think that's a good thing, really. Five games left, mix it up a little bit. Go with Palmer, go with O'Shea, go with Grady on the left. That's what I'll be happy to see in five games. Other than that, we are... We are just... Treading water, really, aren't we? We're all waiting for it to end. We are. Sadly. The only two things I'm looking forward to, well, maybe three, and they're not even football-related. One, going to a couple of new grounds. Two, sampling some press food. And three, a couple of, couple of more away trips with yourself, Joe. We've only really, really got one, haven't we? We've got Forest. Well, Forest. And Reading. Forest and Reading, yeah. I let you down for Bristol with the Please old let COVID. let me down, mate. You've got COVID. You can't, yeah. So I've said to Joe that we're going to listen to Andy Johnson's Under the Cosh podcast on the way to an away game before the end of the season. We meant to do it at Bristol. And he's asked us to listen to it again, hasn't he, on Saturday? Just because yeah. he said it's so good. A um, bit more banter, wasn't there, on the, on Saturday about your uh, your old rival. We've left him behind, though, haven't we? We've left we, I think, we? I think they're yeah. eating our dust, aren't yeah. they, to be honest? Um there you go. You're just on a final line. I wrote this down. You're coming up about sort of bad predictions of mine. I think I did say that West Brom are 95 percent going to get promoted <laughs> as as uh, as far back as December. Just another one to make you laugh. When West Brom signed Daniel Sturridge in their relegation season, I told a couple of my mates that it would be the best January, arguably one of the best January signings there had ever been. Um, so I have got form for bad shouts, to be honest. They don't ever listen to what I predict. Although I did predict what would happen in this week for Albion, didn't I? So. I've uh, got a little bit of incredibility back. But, Just um, so you feel a little bit better about that, um, I was Walsall reporter then, and I was sat next to Matt Wilson, who was Albion reporter, and he went on a betting website and looked to bet on uh, the odds of Albion staying up and winning the FA Cup. What, because they'd signed Sturridge? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Around that time, yeah. He was, he was, he was very excited, bless him. He was very excited, and he was making some big claims in the office. That... That makes my prediction look small, Fry. Yeah, I look, look really good. Cheers for that, mate. Maybe feel a lot right. better. <laughs> um, thanks very much for listening. It, it has been a downbeat podcast, hasn't it? We don't know what to say. We'll try and have a lot. The one good, the what? Tell you what, Joe. The one thing that keeps me going week to week for Albion is that me and you have a laugh in the press box, don't we? We have a laugh on the poddy and we have a laugh in the press box, regardless of the result. We have a sulk and a moan, but we have a laugh. Yeah, and we'll we'll try and do that between now and the end of the season. Um, but thanks again for listening to the Baggies broadcast. Um, as we said, we've got a few guest podcasts coming up over the summer, which we'll keep recording, keep dropping your little uh, little hints and tips out there. Um, keep an eye out this week for a little teaser of the one we're recording tomorrow. Thoroughly looking forward to that one. Um, we'll be back next week after the Bank Holiday doubleheader, you know, hopefully on a more positive note. But at the moment, who the bloody hell knows what's going to happen between now and the end of the season. It's anyone's guess. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. It's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Joe. Goodbye.